Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and today I want to bring you another Spark episode intended to spark your thinking and ignite your professional practice. These short episodes are based on my written reflections, which you can find on the Teachers on Fire magazine at medium.com. Today's Spark is titled, Are We Using Too Many Apps in Education? Enjoy. Are we using too many apps in education? The answer comes back to the educator's ultimate decision-making filter. In 2017, I attended ISTE in San Antonio, Texas. ISTE, or the International Society for Technology and Education, hosts the largest conference for educational technology in the world. My first visit to the exhibitors hall was eye-opening. Wow, I thought, there are a lot of edtech companies in education right now. I have mixed feelings about the scene. On the one hand, it's awesome. There is money to be made in learning, and I think that's generally a good thing. It's clearly incentivizing a whole lot of research and development aimed at improving learning tools and technologies. On the other hand, warning bells go off in my head. All this commercial activity inevitably creates conflicts of interest. Almost every person behind every booth is motivated first and foremost by their company's bottom line. Although they might claim differently, student learning isn't really their ultimate concern. What is their top concern is the health and growth of their companies, and understandably so, I might add. Armed with this realization, wise educators and education leaders must proceed with discernment. Have we reached the point of edtech tool saturation? I discussed this exact question recently in episode 96 of the Staff Room Podcast with Chain Path. There's a lot to consider. The case for fewer apps and tools. For the edtech wary and the late adopters, the growing list of tools available to educators today can feel overwhelming. There are often silent fears, narratives, and mindsets that appear quickly whenever a new tool is mentioned or introduced. They include, this thing is going to be another drain on my time. Will I even be able to learn how to use this app effectively? Will this tool really support learning? And sometimes the answer to that one is no. With more tools also comes the idea of more digital clutter and noise. Even if I can manage the learning curve and the integration of a new tool into my workflow and practice, the thinking goes, it's just one more thing to click on, one more tab to open, one more program to explain to students and parents. You'll also hear education technology leaders like Jake Miller and Tony Vincent point out that the creative constraints produced by limiting the number of apps and tools at our fingertips may even make for better teaching and learning. Select your top five tools and do everything in the classroom with those tools and you'll force more out of the box thinking as learners improvise within the limitations of what they're working with. These are all valid arguments and they're worth considering. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. The case for more apps and tools. Let's talk about digital whiteboards. The digital whiteboard space is surprisingly crowded with competitors. Common Sense Media lists Drop, Whiteboard.chat, EduCreations, Explain Everything, Google Jamboard, Stormboard, Dosery, Explee, Splashtop, ShowMe, and Miro as their top picks. And that's just within education. Venture outside education into the worlds of business and startups and you'll find many more virtual whiteboards. 
Personally, I would add Padlet and Whiteboard.fi to the Common Sense Media list too. Padlet may be more bulletin board than Whiteboard, but it belongs in this conversation. That's quite a crowd, and it's at this point that tech minimalists wave their arms and loudly protest. Enough, they'll shout. Choose one from the crowd, they'll argue, and stick with it. That's one way to go, but I see things differently. I know from experience that Google Jamboard, Padlet, Whiteboard.fi, and Whiteboard.chat all have different strengths and features. Without doing a deep dive on details, I'll just say that I can think of learning scenarios that are better suited to one tool in the bunch than the other three. So who are we serving by axing one or more of these options? Are we really looking out for learners? I'm not always convinced that's what's going on when we claim the moral high ground of digital minimalism. Remember our human bias. Change is difficult. It's important to remember our human bias. Change is hard for most people. It's inconvenient. It involves moments of failure, discomfort, and anxiety as we make mistakes and find our way into something new. It takes us out of our comfort zones, and educators have been pushed out of their comfort zones a lot in the last 10 to 20 years. Sheesh, I started teaching in 2001 with photocopiers, overhead projectors, and no Wi-Fi. The trickle of change in the early 2000s became a stream and then a torrent. The apps and tools that we rely on keep changing and that's never going to stop. Never going to stop. That's the nature of learning in the age of the internet. Here's the thing, growth doesn't happen in the comfort zone. Just as physical fitness requires exercise and physical stress, a posture of lifelong learning requires getting off the big old mental lazy boy. But that's not the way we do things around here, has been called the most dangerous phrase in education. So I'm going to push back hard on this idea of keep it simple stupid at the expense of new learning opportunities. Keep the door open to experimentation, not senseless proliferation. No, I'm not calling for senseless app proliferation every day of the week. Learning environments require a sense of consistency and safety, but I do think that learners and lead learners benefit when we remain awake, open, aware of what is available and willing to experiment. So I'll use Padlet sometimes, and Google Jamboard other times, and Whiteboard.fi other times, and one of these days I'll try something new, too. Our brains thrive on things that are new and challenging. Frankly, that's the very essence of what learning is. Let's lean into that. The ultimate app decision filter. The filter for these decisions should always remain the same. What's best for learning and what's best for our learners. As long as those answers give a green light, I'm ready to try the next app. My name is Tim Cavey and I'm proud to contribute to the education conversation through the Teachers on Fire podcast. I'll invite you to join me live on the Teachers on Fire YouTube channel every Saturday morning for conversations with inspiring educators that will warm your heart, spark your thinking, and ignite your professional practice. These discussions are a ton of fun, partly because I can display your comments on screen during the broadcast. If you haven't taken part in the roundtable, check it out on YouTube next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central, and 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks again for listening to this Spark episode in these challenging times. Take care, share an encouraging message to lift up a colleague, and keep that fire for learning burning bright.